Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan. Uh, and if you do, and if you are enjoying these books, then please go to your local library or buy the books. As I said, Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan. Without further ado, let's get on with the chapter. Chapter 24, Leo. Leo stopped at the doors and tried to control his breathing. The voice of the Earth Woman still rang in his ears, reminding him of his mother's death. The last thing he wanted to do was plunge into another dark warehouse. Suddenly, he felt eight years old again, alone and helpless as someone he cared about was trapped and in trouble. Stop it, he told himself. That's how he, she wants you to feel. But that didn't make him any less scared. She took a deep breath and peered inside. Nothing looked different. Gray morning light filtered through the hole in the roof. A few light bulbs flickered, but most of the factory floor was still lost in shadows. He could make out the catwalk above, the dim shapes of heavy machinery along the assembly line, but no movement, no sign of his friends. He almost called out, but something stopped him, and sense he couldn't identify. Then he realized it was smell. Something smelled strong, like motor oil and sour breath. Something not human was inside the factory. Leo was certain. His body shifted into high gear, all his nerves tingling. Somewhere in the factory, Piper's voice cried out, Leo, help! But Leo held his tongue. How could Piper have got off that catwalk with her broken ankle? He slipped inside and ducked behind a cargo container. Slowly gripping his hammer, he worked his way towards the center of the room, hiding behind boxes and hollow truck chases. Before he finally reached the assembly line, he crouched behind the nearest piece of machinery, a crane with a robotic arm. Piper's voice called out again, Leo? Less certain this time, but very close. Leo peeked around the machinery, hanging directly above the assembly line, suspended by a chain from a crane on the opposite side, was a massive truck engine, just dangling 30 feet up, as if it had been left there when the factory was abandoned. Below it, on the conveyor belt, sat... Uh, truck chases, and clustered around it were three dark shapes the sizes of forklifts. Nearby, dangling from two chains on two other robotic arms, were two smaller shapes, maybe more engines, but one of them was twisting around as if it were alive. The one on the forklift shape rose, one of the forklift shapes rose, and Leo realized it was a humanoid of massive size. Told you it was nothing, the thing rumbled. Its voice was too deep and feral to be human. One of the other forklift-sized lumps shifted and called out in Piper's voice, Leo, help me, help! Then the voice changed, becoming a masculine snarl. Bah, there's nobody out there. No demigod could be that quiet, eh? The first monster chuckled. Probably ran away if he knows what's good for him. Or the girl was lying about a third demigod. Let's get cooking. Snap. A bright orange light snizzled to life. An emergency flare, and Leo was temporarily blinded. He ducked behind the crane until the spots cleared for his eyes. Then, he took another peep and saw a nightmare scene even Tia Kalita couldn't have dreamed up. The two smaller things dangling from cranes weren't engines. They were Jason and Piper. Both hung upside down, tied by their ankles, and cocooned with chains up to their necks. Piper was flailing around, trying to free herself. Her mouth was gagged, but at least she was alive. Jason didn't look so good. He hung limply, his eyes rolled up in his head. 
a red welt the size of an apple had swollen over his left eyebrow. On the conveyor belt, the bed of the unfinished pickup truck was being used as a fire pit. The emergency flare had ignited a mixture of tires and wood, which, from the smell of it, had been doused in kerosene. A big metal pole was suspended over the flames. A spit, Leo realized, which meant there was a cooking fire. But most terrifying of all were the cooks. Monocle Motors, that, science, that single red-eye logo. Why hadn't Leo realized? Three massive humanoids gathered around the fire. Two were standing, stoking the flames, stalking the flames. The largest one crouched with his back to Leo. The two facing him were each ten feet tall, with hairy muscular bodies and skin that glowed in the firelight. One of the monsters wore a chainmail loincloth that looked really uncomfortable. The other wore a ragged fuzzy toga made of fiberglass insulation, which also would not have made Leo's top ten wardrobe ideas. Other than that, the two monsters could have been twins. Each had a brutish face with a single eye in the center of its forehead. The cooks were cyclopses. Leo's legs started quaking. He'd seen some weird things so far. Storm spirits and winged gods, and a metal dragon that liked Tabasco sauce. But this was different. These were actual flesh-and-blood, ten-foot-tall living monsters who wanted to eat his friends for dinner. He was so terrified he could hardly think. If only he had Festus. He could use a fire-breathing 60-foot-long tank about now, but all he had was his tool belt and a backpack. His three-pound club hammer looked awfully small compared to those cyclopses. This is what the sleeping earth lady had been talking about. She wanted Leo to walk away and let his friends die. That decided it. No way Leo's going to let that earth lady make him feel powerless. Never again. Leo slipped off his backpack and quietly started to unzip it. The cyclops in the chainmail loincloth walked over to Piper, who squirmed and tried to headbutt him in the eye. Can I take your gag off now? I like it when they scream. The question was directed at the third cyclops, apparently the leader. The crouching figure grunted, and the loincloth ripped the rag off Piper's mouth. She didn't scream. She took a shaky breath like she was trying to keep herself calm. Meanwhile, Leo found what he wanted in the, in the pack. A stake... A stack of tiny remote control units he'd picked up in Bunker 9. At least he hoped that's what they were. The robotic crane maintenance panel was easy to find. He slipped a screwdriver from his tool belt and went to work. But he had to go slowly. The leader Cyclops was only 20, foot, 20 feet in front of him. The monster obviously had excellent senses. Pulling off his plan without making it obvious had would be really hard. But... He didn't have much choice. The Cyclops in the toga poked at the fire, which was now blazing away in billowing noxious black smoke towards the ceiling. His buddy, Loincloth, glowered at Piper, waiting for her to do something entertaining. Scream, girl! I like funny screaming! When Piper finally spoke, her tone was calm and reasonable, like she was correcting a naughty puppy. Oh, Mr. Cyclops, you don't want to kill us. I w it would be much better if you just let us go. Loincloth guy scratched his ugly head. He turned to face his friend in the fiberglass toga. She's pretty, Torque. Maybe I should let her go. Torque, the dude in the toga, growled. I saw her first, Sump. I'll let her go. Sump and Torque started to argue, but the third Cyclops rose and shouted, Fools! Leo almost dropped a screwdriver. The third Cyclops was a female. She was several foot, 
taller than Tork or Sump, and even beefier. She wore ten of chainmail cut like one of those sack dresses Leo meant Leo's mean Aunt Rosa used to wear. What they call that? A mumun? Yeah, the Cyclops lady had a chainmail mumu. The greasy black hair was matted in pigtails, woven with copper wires and metal washers. Her nose and mouth were thick and smashed together, like she spent her free time ramming her face into walls, but her single red eye glittered with evil intelligence. The woman Cyclops stalked over to Sump and pushed him aside, knowing him uh, knocking him over the conveyor belt. Tork backed up quickly. The girl's Venus spawn, the lady Cyclops snarled. She's using charm speak on you. Piper started to say, Please, ma'am. Roar! The lady Cyclops grabbed Piper around the waist. Don't try to pretty talk to me, girl. I'm a gasket. I've eaten heroes tougher than you for lunch. Leo feared Piper would get crushed, but Magasket just dropped her and let her dangle from her chain. Then she started yelling at Sump of how stupid he was. Leo's hands worked furiously. He twisted wires and turned switches, hardly thinking about what he was doing. He finished attacking the remote. Then he crept over to the next robotic arm while the Cyclopses were talking. Eat her last, Ma? Sump was saying. Idiot! Magasket yelled, and Leo realized Sump and Torque must be her sons. If so, Ugly definitely ran in the family. I should have thrown you two on the out on the street like when you were babies, like proper Cyclops children. You might have learned some useful skills. Curse my soft heart that I kept you. Soft heart? Torque muttered. What was that, you ingrate? Nothing, Ma. I said you've got a soft heart. We get to work for you, feed you, file your toenails... And you should be grateful, my gasket bellowed. Now, stoke the fire, Torque, and sump, you idiot. My case of salsa is in the other warehouse. Don't tell me you expect me to eat these demigods without salsa. Yes, Ma, some said. I mean, no, Ma. I mean, go get it. My gasket picked up a nearby truck chases and slammed it over Slump's head. Sumps. Sump crumpled to his knees. Leo was sure a hit like that would kill him, but Sump apparently got hit by trucks a lot. He managed to push the chases off his head. Then he staggered off to his feet and ran off to fetch the salsa. Now the, now's the time, Leo thought, while they're separated. He finished wiring the second machine and moved towards a third. As he dashed between robotic arms, the Cyclopses didn't see him, but Piper did. Her expression turned from terror to disbelief, and she gasped. Magasket turned to her. What's the matter, girl? So fragile I broke you? Thankfully, Piper was a quick thinker. She looked away from Leo and said, I think it's my ribs, ma'am. If I'm busted up inside, I'll taste terrible. Magaske bellowed with laughter. Good one. The last hero we Remember him, Torque? Son of Mercury, wasn't he? Yes, ma, Torque said. Tasty. Little bit stringy. He tried to trick like that. Said he was on medication, but he tasted fine. Tasted like mudden, Torque recalled. Purple shirt, talked in Latin. Yes, a bit stringy, but good. Leo's fingers froze on the mitt. Maintenance panel. Apparently, Piper was having the same thought, because she asked, Purple shirt? Latin? Good eating, my gasket said fondly. Point is, girl, we're not as dumb as people think. We're not falling for those stupid tricks and riddles. Not as northern cyclopses. Leo forced himself back to work, but his mind was racing. A cute spoke of Latin had been caught here, in a purple shirt like Jason's. He didn't know what that meant, but he He would have to be leaving that interrogation to Piper. And that is as far as I'm going to read tonight.
or right now as I think for this um for a couple weeks now I might as a little summer special just post a little shorter but twice or three times a week instead so I hope you guys are think that's good or otherwise please do comment quite soon at podbean.com or download the app podbean and search up or find my podcast but with that i'd like to thank you all for listening and say isaac